0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Real Talk. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited today, because I'm going to be talking to Heather from Toledo, Ohio. She's a firefighter. And want to talk to her about being a firefighter in in today's world and how she navigates things. So please help me welcome Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I was really
1: I was excited when you asked me.
0: Yeah, and I know you have a shift coming up, so we'll try to make it under an hour. So I appreciate (laughs) your time. I know it's super valuable, so I appreciate you doing this. I wonder if you could take us back to how you kind of got started in the field of firefighting.
1: Well, honestly, um, I am a third-generation firefighter. Uh, My grandfather joined my main department when he was 16, and then my dad and my uncle both joined as soon as they graduated high school at 18. And then I joined after nine eleven.
0: Okay. And was that was there an impetus there to join? Was it because of the family connection, or did, were you moved by the by nine eleven to join? Is that sort of um,
1: before then? It was always I was always kind of nervous about joining. Yeah. Because I had some pretty big boots to follow sure. behind. <laughs> um, but after nine eleven, it was like stop making excuses. Yeah. Just just go and do it. So I did.
0: And you're also an EMT as well, right? So you do double duty there as well. Yeah.
1: Well, our department um, is pretty much both the departments that I'm on is pretty much fire and EMS. Mm -hmm. So, and we get in the fire service these days, you're getting a lot more EMS calls than you're getting fire calls. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to focus on both.
0: And how was it just, I want to, I'm so fascinated with how you came about doing this as a career. Um, Being a woman, was there sort of any um, was there a bigger motivation from family to do it? Was there a stronger encouragement to do it? Or was was there any like feedback? You should not do it. What was the, what was sort of the feel around you taking on a career like this when it's, um, it's typically been so male dominant. Um, I know yes. here it has been here in Ontario, Canada. It has been typically um, male, male dominant and we are seeing a few more female firefighters, but I'm wondering what your support um, system was like when you were going into it.
1: Well, there have been women in the fire service for over 100 years, um, but the majority of us joining have been growing over the last, I would say 30 or 40 years, and slowly it kind of trickled. So it's a trickle effect, and now there's a ton of us. Um, the The city of Toledo, um, I'm not on the city of Toledo, but I have a ton of lady friends that are firefighters on the city of Toledo. They have over 100 women. Um, my department has four female firefighters, um, currently, and then we have one EMT only. Uh, when I joined the fire service, uh, in 2001, there was not very many of us and there's mm-hmm. a lot more now. And it's, it's encouraging to see all these little girls growing up and seeing that They can do it too, you know, when, when I'm out and about and I see these little girls and their eyes are as big as saucers staring at the fire truck going, oh, it's so pretty. That was me, you know, when I was that age. So then I make sure that they see and their mom goes, look, it's a, it's a girl fireman. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's how I was, you know, for growing up at the fire station, it was like a second house. Yeah, you know, it was like an extension It was, you know, driving there was just like walking down the hall in your house. Yeah. So it's a lot different for me than some people, because I love it. I live it. It's been my whole life.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing to
1: me to see all these women. One of my best friends works for one of the busiest stations in the nation. And she's a firefighter paramedic. And I tell her all the time that when I grow up, I want to be just like her.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. She's awesome. How did do, how does the how was the reception for you when you went into the field, you graduated your training and you started working? What was the reception like in terms of? Um, I, and and I, I'm very big on not separating things in the real world by gender yeah. roles but but i think it's important to discuss this because as you said there's not a lot of women there are more and there are increasingly more coming into this yeah. industry and so i think it's something that it's important not to ignore so there is a conversation there and i just am so fascinated with your take on it um, it's been very interesting for me because i have had a ton
1: of support yeah. like i know that there's women out there that have had no support whatsoever mm-hmm. but for me and it could be because a lot of the people that support me knew my grandpa and they knew my dad and my they knew my uncle right but i have had just you know i've had some incredible mentors yeah loving men who cared about me as a person treated me like family you know took me under their wing and mm-hmm. said i want you to be the best at this and i'm going to show you how to do it You know, men who said, that was a great job. I'm proud of you. Mm. Men who said, in their words, I love you. Mm. And it's, you know, this journey for me, you know, I'm coming up on 20 years this year.
0: Oh, congratulations. And this journey,
1: I should have done, I should have started it when I was 18. Mm. Because I was a fool to wait until I was, you know, older I would have gone so much further than I can now.
0: What does that positive feedback mean for you? Not just as a woman, but as a teammate, what does that mean for you?
1: When I hear them say, you know, that they thought I did a good job, it makes me really proud because, you know, the one of my primary focuses is to make my grandfather proud of me. Mm -hmm. He was my hero. You know, he was, he and my father, encompass everything that I know about the fire service and about the Brotherhood and about family, you know, and everything about my life has to do with that fire department. And when I do something and they say that was a good job way to go. I'm like, man, I wish he was here to see it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely it's so great that you have that lineage too, um, just with the family, just even, even if you didn't go into this career, just having so many people involved in the same career, the stories yeah. that you must have heard growing up and that camaraderie and, you know, and now that you're a part of it, it, you can relate to it in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So take yeah. us through a, a typical day of a firefighter. Do you prefer fire woman, fire man, firefighter? What do you prefer? Um, Does it matter to you? These days,
1: they say the proper vernacular is firefighter a lot of people try and say fire lady or fire woman and I'm like no it's either <laughs> yeah. fireman like I'm a third generation so for me it's either fireman or firefighter right okay. I, I think I I think that whole fire lady vernacular <laughs> is ridiculous it just sounds silly
0: to me <laughs> right so as a no, fire firefighter like,
1: if, if you can't say fireman which I'm perfectly okay but, okay with and most of the ladies that I know are perfectly okay with being called a fire fireman yeah say firefighter so um you know when we start shift we all start at either seven or eight Mm o'clock and it's either like some departments it's only a 12-hour shift some departments it's 24-hour shift it just depends Mm on the department that you're on Um, my main department we actually do eight-hour shifts um Because our we only have a need Monday through Friday, while our paid per call members are at their full time jobs.
0: Okay, so we have
1: a crew running Monday through Friday, a two man crew. So we go in and we have to, we have what we call rig truck checks or Mm rig checks. And we go through and we we make sure that all the equipment's in the proper place and that we have enough supplies and that the rigs are fueled up and they're not filthy. And, you know, there's air in the tires and oil in the oil pan, you know, the whole nine yards. So we go through all our rig checks and that can take up to an hour depending on what the rig checks are. And, you know, we have to make sure that our all of our equipment on the fire engines is working properly and all of our equipment in EMS is working properly. Cause if it's not, and then we go to a scene and it doesn't work, then that's an issue.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: And then, you know, we have daily duties taking out the garbage and, you know, sweeping the floors and things like that. And yeah. um, we also have uh continuing education. I mean, I'm sure you have continuing education for all your
0: the dang certifications. <laughs>
1: So for EMT and fire, we have continuing education as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have, we have the, the bonus for EMTs is that you can get your CEs online. Like you can go on and log on and do a course Mm -hmm. online and then take a test at the end. And they're like, okay, you're good for another year. Yeah. You know, but the fire on the fire side, there's a lot of stuff that we have to like physically do. So we drill at my department every single week on Wednesday evenings. We all meet up at the fire station and we do scenarios where we're pulling hose off the fire engine or we're putting our pack on and we're searching around rescuing people or we're, you know, getting out the jaws of life and tearing up a car for an Mm -hmm. extrication drill or, you know, where my department, my, my main department also has, um, we have about seven miles of waterway. So we do, we do water and ice rescue. So we also do training on those special operations. And then we have a major, we have a major highway that runs through our district. So we do hazmat training as well. So, um, we, do all of those things on Wednesday evenings. And then we have the online thing to keep up our CEs for the EMS.
0: That's incredible. That's a it's a you got you're dedicated, you can tell. <laughs> it's it's a con- it's a, a con- lot of work,
1: but it's so worth it in the end. Absolutely. You can ask any firefighter. It's the best job on the planet. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: What's your with the best toys. With the best toys, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to play on trucks and you know use the tools right. of life, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Bust out the big tools. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much fun. Yeah, I bet. Um, now, I, I was in emergency services for some years, and so I have a little bit of um, an understanding and can relate a little bit to calls. But um, I, I'm wondering, what what's sort of your mentality when you go out on a call? Where's your headspace at?
1: Usually, um, it depends on the call, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I'm on the way to the call, My main department, I know the district very well because that's where I grew up. That's where I've spent my entire life living. So I know all the streets, I know all the houses, I know at least half of the residents. You know, I've grown up with their kids or their grandkids. You know, I know all these people. Yeah. Um, At my other department where I'm at tonight, um, it's my main department is one square mile. It's the tiniest township, I think, in the state. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whereas my second department is like 34 square miles so uh I've been here since this summer so I'm I'm starting to learn the district but they have two small towns in their district and they have um three major highways through their district and they have um a handful of truck stops and hotels mm-hmm. and you know farm equipment and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of new things that i never experienced um, except for when i was going to school for certain things mm-hmm. so that's sort of been a learning curve for me to learn where places are at so i um, a lot of times i'm trying to um, i'm reading over the text in the dispatch And it says, you know, this person is having a seizure, or this person is unconscious, or this person has fallen and can't get up. So from all of the texts that we're receiving, I'm, I'm, you know, making a plan of action, who's going to do the these vitals, and who's going to take this information? And what do you think we're going to see? You know, have you ever been on this patient? What can we experience? Mm
0: -hmm. Are we going
1: to need police on scene? You know, is it, something volatile you know so these are all the things that we think about when we're on our way there as sort of a pre-seen size up before Mm -hmm. we even get to the location and then as we pull up we you know kind of look around and see what we have and you know if there's somebody standing in the driveway going that means somebody's really sick. (laughs) So um, it's just a matter of what it comes in dispatched as and you know, we know our jobs. We know what we have to do. And we just, mm-hmm. we get in there and we knock it out. You know, if the patient is actually sick, then we take them to the hospital. And if they're not really that sick, then we say, well, do you want to go to the hospital? And if they say yes, then we take them to the hospital. So,
0: Do you have a like a mantra or anything that you start your day with to sort of mentally prepare yourself for, um, you know there can be very stressful times and some really big calls that are you know um emotional uh do you do you have a mantra that you you set to say to yourself every day i don't really
1: um i don't really start the day with like a with like a mantra um i'm just i'm i'm in general a jovial person yeah
0: <laughs> you are I'm sure you've seen it. <laughs> yes, you, I can attest. Heather is happy. Yeah. Happy Heather. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So you know, when we have when we have a particularly difficult situation, mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot more focus uh, on firefighter health and wellness, yes. especially yes. over the last ten years. We've been mm-hmm. boosting it. Yep. Um, and so, if it's a particularly difficult incident we now have a thing in place these days and it's it's a critical incident stress debriefing oh yes I would assume and that's after the incident they set everybody down and they say okay how did it make you feel you know are you having trouble dealing with this um my township my uh township both of my townships actually have um EAP plans Um, If we're having trouble dealing with anything, we can call our EAP Mm -hmm. and they, you know, set up a counselor for us Mm -hmm. and um, it's completely free for us being employees of the township you know they yeah. pay for that
0: absolutely so I'm sorry um, i just want to interject if anyone's listening doesn't know what a eap is an oh. employee assistance program yes. um so it's uh what's where your employer provides you with um a counselor or a therapist um to be able to to connect with if you have a okay. particular issue that you would like to deal with and you can talk to
1: them about anything
0: yes. you know we've had That's people yeah. go
1: with marital problems we've counseling, had yeah with children problems, you know, with work problems, with car problems, if you want to just call somebody and stress out about your car, that's, that's what they're there for, you know, it's, it's for when you're having, when you're having difficulties, and you feel like you need someone to talk to, and you feel like you don't want to, you know, go to a friend or, you know, a loved one. So,
0: Yeah. And so I love what you said about their increasing sort of the support around mental health. Um, I wonder if you could talk about how that is really evolved within your department or what you've seen over the years, you know, being in this, as you said, for 20 years, how that how that has evolved in terms of mental health for um, for yourself and for employees, for your team. Um, What kind of impact has that had on on? There's a lot
1: more, there's a lot more focus on um, suicide is a, is a major problem in the fire service and the police service and the military. It's yep. it's on the internet now, if you haven't heard about it, you're not paying attention.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, and we don't want to lose any more brothers and sisters because of that. It's, it's a difficult thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. And we, in our line of work, we see people on their absolute worst day mm-hmm. in their lives. And it can weigh on us, you know, especially if it's children, Mm -hmm. you know, I find that children are the hardest calls to run on. You know, I have a 10 year old, I have an 18 year old. And when I run on kids, it's a lot harder to keep that focus. But you have to, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you can fall apart afterwards, but you have to keep calm while you're there with them. Because if not, then you're not doing them any good. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you focus on so much of getting them better that you don't realize how much it's weighing you down.
0: Mm.
1: So I actually started going to a counselor two years ago for things outside of work. And she ended up helping me on both sides of the coin with work and with dealing with stress. Um, And just, you know, she didn't even give me anything specific, just the fact that I could go to her and I knew that I could talk to her Mm -hmm. and tell her how something made me feel. Mm -hmm. And it won't work that way for everybody. I understand that. But for me, I seriously, after when I first started going to her, I was going to her weekly Mm -hmm. and then it got to the point where I was going bi-monthly because she just helped me so much just to, the way I describe it is I felt like Atlas. Right. I just had the world on my shoulders and I didn't know how to get it off. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I literally felt lighter Mm -hmm. after, you know, seeing her and, you know, talking about everything that was, that needed to be talked about, like needed to be put out there and how it made me feel and, you know, and having her clear out all those cobwebs
0: yeah yeah that's a great way to put it yeah yeah so there's there's less of that stigma nowadays and and it's just sort of you know protecting your mental health and going for you know a a, a weekly chat or you know a monthly you know check-in is just something you know as normal now as going to the hairdressers and we, right. we need to keep it that way we need to focus right. on that and i love that you shared that you know just sort of kind of venting and getting stuff out because yeah. that's what, that's what I, I do at the clinic. That's what I do at M- mindful health is that that's the space I wanted to offer people is just a safe space to talk about tough stuff. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why we don't call them therapy sessions. We don't call them, you know, all the technical stuff. It's not, yeah. you're not sitting, <laughs> coming coming in a room and sitting on a couch and, you know, diving, you know, into your right. yeah. secrets yeah. on the first five minutes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's a welcome space. I call them talk sessions and and that's it I mean some people just some people come and they just don't they don't want me to say anything they just want to talk and they just want me to listen and that's totally fine and then some people just want to unload and vent and and, you know get some tools and some techniques to sort of navigate and deal with that so that's phenomenal I'm glad I'm glad you're able to have that and I'm glad it's so accessible for you it was Um,
1: it was you know and it was really tough like when I first started going I went for probably three months weekly sessions yeah because I was so, I was just so weighted down.
0: Yeah, you know, it was, it was,
1: it was a very difficult time for me. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, the first thing she said to me was, "We may not mesh well," and I'm okay with that. There are other counselors that you can see if you're not comfortable with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And right then and there, I was like, "Oh my God, I love this woman." Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, building and, that and, foundation.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that's a she's she's amazing. Yeah. So and and she helped me so much, and she, just talking to her calms me, mm-hmm. and it, it it helps you know. And then when we have an incident at the station, and we're all sitting around afterwards in the station, and we say, oh well this made me feel this way. And they say, Oh, it made me feel like that too. You know, it's, it's better to be able to get that out there and have us all say,
0: wow, I'm not a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's so important too, because we, we tend to, to avoid talking about things, but the truth is, is that a lot of us feel the same things and think the same things and we're just, you know, we're hesitant to say how we feel and, and it's when we open up and we have that communication that we find the common threads between us and the things that connect us. Exactly, and and that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, you know, You mentioned having the brotherhood and being a part of a team, and so I know sort of in the fire service you have your regular shift mates, um, Mm -hmm. like your same team crew. I guess you call it your crew. I say team. Yeah, um, most
1: most like full time departments have specific crews. The two departments that I'm on we just give our chiefs our availability and then they schedule us according to who's available when so i don't always have the same partners every time i have a shift
0: oh okay okay yeah so typically most people have like the same the the same crew yeah yeah but how does that how does that play into um, building uh informing relationships and friendships for you while you're in sort of a work setting like seeing the same people every day and connecting with um, people that you see you know often well, my
1: main department where all of us that work part time, except for one or two, we all are on the paid per call side. Mm-hmm. So when we get dispatched for a call, everybody gets told that we have a call that's on that department. So the ones that aren't working come to the station and if they're needed, they, they respond also in a different vehicle. And then all of us are there on Wednesday nights for drill. And then all of us are there to work fundraisers. And all of us are there when a kid has a party because you, that's what you do. You invite everyone's kids to the party. So then we're all hanging out while the kids are all running around being crazy. Yeah. Um, on my second department, I, I'm sort of a newbie coming in. So I'm starting to build relationships, but it's more with the people that I work with on shift. You know, I'm here for 12 or 24, sometimes 36 hours. Wow. Um, And I'm, you know, with the same person for at least 12 to 24 hours. So I'm, you know, we talk, you know, it's not like we don't talk to each other. You know, we're hanging out for 12 hours. It's like, you know, what else are we going to do except talk to each other? You know, we go and we get food together and we, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, go on all these runs together and we say oh man that was that was an interesting one
0: yeah. <laughs> I had
1: one this time and then you know oh, I did this at my department and so we just start communicating oh my kid did that the other day oh my kid did that like two weeks ago are you kidding me <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah. you know it's just building friendships just like you would any other place we just spend a little bit more time together than <laughs> normal yeah.
0: just Absolutely. And so with mental health and mindfulness, like sleep is so important. And nutrition is so important. I mean, you obviously get enough exercise in this career, (laughs) you're moving around a lot all the time. But with the shift work, how does that play in? And how do you navigate and manage to stay sort of on your top mental game with the shift work? Because I know shift work, it wreaked havoc for me, for sure. Um, (laughs) But when you're talking 12, you know, 24, 36 Six hours how do you maintain that mindfulness and that balance for yourself um for us we
1: we try and bring in like we try and make good choices <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um early I was on I was on my my main department earlier and we had Bob Evans for lunch okay <laughs> so I got a salad a chicken mm-hmm. salad um but then I had to have biscuits because You know, Bob Evans biscuits, biscuits. gotta have those biscuits. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I guess it depends on the day. I, I try and make good choices, but sometimes I just gotta have some Taco Bell.
0: Yeah, Taco Bell, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or, you
1: know, there's, there's quite a few fast food restaurants around my main department and there's only like one around this department. So it's like, you know, we could get pizza or we can go to the store and pick up like food to make, or yeah there's a lot of TV dinners eaten.
0: Because okay. <laughs> yeah. so, there's only two there? of us here.
1: There's only two of us on shift. So it's like tough to make like a full blown meal. Sure. Like my best friend's station, you know, she's got five guys at her station. So they have like this whole meal and they sit down at the table when they they try and sit down at the table
0: because
1: yeah. um, they're really, they really are quite busy. Really busy. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, they sit down and they all eat together. We just eat whenever. So.
0: And so now outside of work, what are some of the, um, the the rituals or the practices that you put in place for yourself in a personal aspect to get through life and navigate life and stay positive and how do you how do you do that well funny um i always thought tiktok was stupid
1: (laughs) (laughs) i always told my teenager that's that's dumb why are you on that and then (laughs) a friend of mine challenged me to the savage dance
0: <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> a year ago, just over a year ago. So I got on TikTok and then of course was instantly addicted just like the rest of us. Yep, happens. And I have found that um, I've made a lot of new friends
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that reminded me who I was when I was younger
0: Aww.
1: and um, I've started hiking more. I did that when I was a kid with my mom. I've picked up a paintbrush, which I haven't done in over 20 years and started creating things again. Um, and I
0: uh that's so just, great. It's yeah,
1: you know, I and you know, COVID has been a nightmare for me because I'm yeah. a very I'm a very open person, I'm a very physical person. Yeah. I'm a very I'm a hugger mm-hmm. and uh everything shut down and it was like I'm gonna die (laughs) it feels like that sometimes right it was it was the worst and so you know Mm -hmm. seeing people now it's like my soul is so happy (laughs) (laughs) just to see somebody like in person it's like my I I just leap for joy (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, that human connection Yeah.
1: yeah, and I, I downloaded an app on my phone that helps me find new trails, and I've been hiking oh, more, and I took my daughter to a place here in Ohio called Hocking Hills that has amazing trails, oh. and um, she's like, Mom, this is so great, I want to come back here. I'm like, I know, I can't <laughs> wait to bring you back so she's super excited about that and I I have every full intention of, of getting a lot more hiking done and you know I I traveled a lot with my mom when I was a kid and so now I'm like I need to do more of that so the end of this month I'm going to the beach
0: oh good for you that's so awesome and you mentioned your daughter I'm wondering how having a career like this has sort of empowered you to empower your daughter if in any way
1: she, um, she wants to be a fireman.
0: Oh, that's great. <laughs> she's,
1: you know, and it changes all the time. Like some days she, she doesn't want to buy, right. She does want to be a fireman, but right now she also wants to be a gamer, a YouTuber yeah. an influencer, yeah. you know, she's 10, she's at that age. that yeah. That's all they want to do is they want to be an
0: influencer.
1: How has, like, honey, not everybody can make millions of dollars being a YouTube influencer.
0: <laughs> I know, oh gosh. If if only, right? If only right. <laughs> <laughs> um I want to touch a little bit on the COVID because I know it's affected us all, but how has that um, affected your your call, um, your incoming calls, your intakes? Um, have you seen a lot more increase in mm-hmm. calls or has it affected it at all?
1: We haven't had a rise in calls per se because mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um we've had a lot of people call us that have like a positive test and they call us because they think they're dying. Okay. And we get there and their vitals all check out really well. And they're not having trouble breathing and, you know, they're speaking to us Mm -hmm. and their lips aren't blue and they don't have a temperature or they have a temperature, but it's a mild temperature, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel that bad. Um, I, I just feel like, People are not hearing the proper information on COVID.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if if yeah. just because you have a positive result from a COVID test doesn't right. mean it's not a death sentence.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. we the things we're looking for is blue lips and blue fingertips. If you
0: Cyanotic, yeah. If you
1: can't breathe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if I'm talking to you and you're responding to me and you're not really having an issue with it. You're not that sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, it is important um, if to you're... know these symptoms are like the flu, right? Like people yeah. get the flu, people get you know the common cold, yeah. and that's like you said, there's there's a lot of misinformation, and yeah. that's not to negate the one the calls that are super serious and there are underlying yeah. issues that they exacerbate you know a positive test, but for the large majority, you know it's it's the flu.
1: Yeah, it's just a crappy. <laughs> Bad flu. I mean, my best friend that I've mentioned a couple of times, she's had it twice. Yeah. She's still here. Yeah. Working every day. (laughs) You know, it's it's just um it's a bad, bad flu.
0: Yeah.
1: Stay hydrated. That's right. Rest. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, if if you if you can't breathe like at all,
0: yeah,
1: then go to the hospital. Otherwise stay home because all you're gonna do is spread it.
0: Yeah, that's what we're
1: trying to stop is the yeah. spread.
0: And that's normal. So, that would be the same advice for the flu as well, too. I mean, the flu, have the a flu cold, or cold, you know, whatever, whatever, you just stay home, you don't go outside. So yeah, I mean, wash of, your hands, wash your hands. There's the novel idea. <laughs> um, keeping with sort of that common sense theme. I'm wondering, what is the greatest lesson you've learned being in this industry? Don't assume that senior citizens can't hear you. <laughs> oh, yes, good one. <laughs> you know
1: honestly, that's when we get students when we get new people, that's mm. the first thing I tell them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if they're just learning things and they're like fresh out of the box, yeah because they're senior citizens mm-hmm. does not mean that they're hard of hearing and we you know you you come into this and you start, going on patients and here they are they're old and they're you know weak and frail and you're like hi and they're like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it's i don't know if you've seen any of my um asl videos but i do sign i sign language um mm-hmm. and so it's funny because sometimes people will see you do that and they'll t- Come to interact with you, and they'll talk really loud. Yeah. And I mean, I'm clearly not hearing impaired, but if I was, I always think, well, you talking louder is not going to help. not. Nah, <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's so really funny. not. Yeah, it's just that you it's know, really, want to tell us something different, right? Yeah,
1: so yeah. Funny. I have a cousin yeah. that's deaf, so I, I, I know a very little bit of sign language. Yeah. And uh, most of it's curse words.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) naturally that's the first thing people want to learn. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But he went to, there's a, we have a school in Columbus that's one of the best schools in the nation for Mm -hmm. sign language. And some of the kids that go there from like kindergarten to graduation, um, that school does a lot of focus on lip reading. Yeah. So he would bring friends home from school to visit and like you wouldn't even know they were deaf because they had been at this school for so long that they were so good at lip reading and so good at enunciating their words that you would never even know that they were deaf. Yeah. You couldn't, you know, see their hearing aids or whatever. I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah. And if we had more schools like that, I don't think that it would be as much of an issue for the hearing impaired to live normal lives
0: because, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always watching people's lips. And that's kind of how I learned when I was little um, is I would always focus on people's lips. So now as an adult, I know most people when they talk to people, they look in their eyes and I just I don't. I'm always looking at someone's <laughs> lips and sometimes people are like, are you paying attention? I'm like, yes, I heard everything you said. <laughs> um so i know i know your time is valuable and you have a shift coming up so yep. i just want to um maybe go into the rapid fire portion of this um interview and i appreciate you so much for being here today so i'm just going to st- i appreciate some- you oh thanks heather <laughs> i'm going to throw out some words and you just say the first thing that comes to mind okay okay fire fighter <laughs> communication strong relationship important family
1: also important
0: <laughs> teammate uh family mindfulness health growth wellness community
1: also family that's a the my community's my main district is a small community and it's tight yeah we have a lot of support from them it's amazing Health,
0: exercise, wellness, water, Heather, what do you know for sure?
1: What do I know for sure? I know that I, I just want people to be happy and healthy. And, you know, if, if you want to go and have a cheeseburger, go and have a cheeseburger, you don't, it's not going to kill you to have one cheeseburger, you know, if you are healthy and you take care of yourself and, you know, I'm not as fit as I could be, but I'm happy. You know, I exercise because I want to keep my ticker strong. Yeah. Not because I think I need to weigh a hundred pounds. I exercise because I want to have a cookie because I wanna have that slice of pizza. yeah. But then I wanna turn around and jump in my fire gear and go to a fire and not have a heart attack doing what I love.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I wanna have friendships that last a lifetime. You know, there's people in my life that I've never met thankfully of TikTok that I love and I talk to on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I want to cultivate those relationships because those people mean everything to me. And it's important. We need that in our lives.
0: We really do. That's so we really do. We really do. What's one piece of advice you can give to anybody who's listening today?
1: Don't hesitate. Do what you think you want to do. Because if you do it and you hate it, you're not out that much, but what if you love it?
0: I love that. Yes. So true. I always say life is for living. And that's that's a great, that's a, a great example of that. Thanks. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Heather, thank you so much for sharing your story. I I just love you. Oh, we love you too. (laughs) Um, I really love it because it's, you know, it's very inspiring to see women in this field and so strong and so It's exciting to me. Yeah. And I just I thank you so much for sharing your story for everybody listening. And uh, we'll get this up on YouTube and um, on our YouTube station and on our podcast Real Talk. And thank you for your honesty and your openness here today. And um, do you want to share your socials if anyone wants to connect with you? Do you want to share? Um, share Well, I'm I'm
1: uh, (laughs) I don't even have them off the top of my head.
0: (laughs) Well,
1: you're, um, you're on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. I'm fire is it firefighter dot mama uh I think yeah firefighter dot mama 17 the number 17 1 seven on TikTok.
0: okay
1: um and then my instagram is um has 1945 i think or 1975 has under All lowercase, H-E-S is in Sam, S is in Sam, underscore one nine seven five, 1975 has. Perfect. It's a nickname
0: from childhood. If if any little girls or older girls are looking at you and they want some advice about getting into the field, they can connect with you and do it. um, Yeah. I know you'll have the best advice for them. Thanks so much for joining me today, Heather. I really appreciate Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye.